We are 17 days away from opening day and just three weeks away from the home opener. Hey, it was a little bit of everything from the Chicago White Sox this past weekend. They won, they lost, they tied. A solid pitching performances, especially from Michael Kopech on Sunday. Jake Berger made it a double patty special on Saturday. And Oscar Colas adds not one, but two home runs to his spring resume. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Sox. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked On White Sox. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Locked On White Sox is part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Locked on White Sox. Man, three weeks away from the home opener. It's like a holiday. Cannot wait for that. Hoping the weather uh, starts to trend in a better direction uh, for us here uh, in the Chicagoland area. But, you know, it wouldn't be the first time uh, I sat through snow flurries uh, at an opener. Uh, really appreciate you continuing to pass this podcast along to other White Sox fans in your life as we do inch closer to opening day uh, and get those questions in for our Mailbag Wednesday episode this week. Uh, you can do that at LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Uh, hey, White Sox Spring Training 2023 record. They are 7-6. and six. Uh, with a tie in there, but they're not really counting those, are they? Uh, let's go back to Friday. That was the big Sox-Cubs matchup. Uh, not the only one that'll happen uh, this spring, but this one was on the Marquee Network. Uh, Sox won four to three. You had uh, Lucas Giolito on the mound. His second start of the spring uh, gave up a couple walks uh, in the small sample size. No home runs, uh, thankfully. Uh, but he looked like uh, he was in command for sure. Uh, three innings for Giolito, about uh, what you expect. Uh, three hits, uh, one run. It was unearned, a couple walks and six strikeouts. Uh, you had Shaw, uh, Lopez, Fisher, Navarro, and Cronin uh, going after Lopez for the White Sox. Cronin uh, gave up two earned runs in his one inning of work. Uh, White Sox pitching. Uh, only issued three walks to the Cubs and struck out 11. Uh, Giolito, after his second start of the spring, he was happy with the performance uh, and, of course, the pace of play. I felt more in rhythm with the pitch clock, uh, said Giolito. I really, really, really like the pace. I like the pace of games right now. Uh, I'm liking it a lot more than I thought I would, uh, Giolito said. When all the new rules and everything were coming out, I was like, sometimes I work a, a little bit slower, so we'll see. But I think the more and more I get this experience, 
in spring training doing it, the more I'm liking it and the more I'm getting used to it. Uh, less time to think. Uh, get the ball and go. Hear the sign. Agree to it. Uh, and you don't have much time. Fire that thing and do it all over again until you're out of the inning. Yeah, I really like it. And, you know, we talked about this uh, after Giolito's first outing of the spring when he kind of said similar things uh, with regards to the pitch clock. And Lucas Giolito uh, can be uh, so cerebral, uh, you know, in his head, maybe overthinking. It's been a little bit well-documented. And I think the pitch clock will benefit him, and he sure seems to agree with that. Uh, don't have to overthink, uh, agree, and uh, and just get going. And I think that pace of play, as soon as he finds that rhythm and he's comfortable with it, uh, that's going to be a great sign. And and that's another thing, you know, that the spring training is good for uh, figuring out some of these new rules and with pitchers uh, uh, specifically that pitch clock. Uh, Sox offense, uh, they had four runs. Uh, 11 hits, three extra base hits. Grandal with two doubles. Boy, uh, Yasmani Grandal continues to impress. Uh, those legs must be feeling right. Uh, you have home runs by Ramos and Zavala. Uh, Vaughn had two hits. Sacks, though, were 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position. Unfortunately, that was a trend uh, all weekend long. Uh, now, Sachs defense, uh, this was a little tough to see uh, this late in spring, but it's still going to happen. I know with all these crazy different lineups, especially with World Baseball Classic going on, and you're just you're playing with different folks at different positions. Uh, Sachs defense had three errors, uh, miscues in the third inning, led to a run uh, for the Cubs. Oscar Colas was in right field. Uh, he threw one into second base. Uh, it, it was a short hop. It, it was a tough hop. Uh, kind of handcuffed the uh, second baseman, uh, but it wasn't fielded properly uh, at second at all. And the error ended up being on Colas, and I, I didn't think that should have been the case. Colas has got to get that in uh, with a better throw, that's for sure. But uh, you got to put a body in front of that baseball. Uh, you got to stop that ball right there uh, because it trickles away and, and in came a run. Uh, and we saw that way too many times uh, from the White Sox defense uh, last year. Uh, Sebi Zavala hit a runner with a throw down to second for a potential pickoff. I think the shortstop in that situation, Eric Gonzalez, needs to get in front of the runner and catch that ball. Uh, you know, you cut that ball off and you're basically saying, look, we, we, we tried for the pickoff. It's not going to happen. Uh, but instead of sitting back and waiting for the ball to come to me, uh, and, and maybe it being deflected and, and causing, you know, another run to score or a runner advancement. I'm just going to cut that off and, and, you know, you know, live, live to see another day. So a sloppy play in the seventh as well. Lenin Sosa credited with an error. Uh, then Garcia, uh, Lurie Garcia with a bad throw to first in the eighth uh, while trying to turn a double play. Uh, Garcia had a rough game defensively on Friday against the Cubs. Let's move to Saturday. Uh, Sacks Padres Sacks fell to the Padres six to five. It was uh, Mike Clevenger's spring debut. He went two and two thirds of an inning, uh, four hits, two earned runs, zero walks, four strikeouts, and gave up a home run. Uh, Olson uh, Kelly uh, Kelly looked sharp in his one inning. Uh, Jake Diekman, ugh, uh two thirds of an inning, three hits, three earned runs, a walk and a strikeout for Jake Diekman uh, on Saturday. Parquet, uh, German, 
and Ramsey uh, were your White Sox arms. Sox used seven pitchers, only issued one walk, which is great, and struck out eight uh, Padres hitters. Uh, Sox offense, Jake Berger bombs uh, with his little boy in attendance. Uh, that was pretty great to see. What well, a feel-good story for Jake Berger. I mean, uh, we've talked about it. Everybody talks about it. You know, this guy's just going to have to hit his way onto this roster. Uh, he's getting play at, at first base and third base, but we all know it's his bat. And, uh, you know, there are several players with uh, four home runs, but that's what he has right now in spring. And he's he's on that leaderboard tied with several, but still cool to have your name up there. Uh, he had those two home runs. Vaughn, Andrew Vaughn had a stand-up triple uh, on Saturday. If you saw it, uh, you kind of understand how Vaughn, not the fleetest of foot, uh, was able to get to third standing up, took a really bad hop, rolled all the way out uh, into center field. Uh, hey, but he kept moving. You know, he didn't let up. Uh, he got to third. Now, Oscar Colas, you've got to watch uh, the replay, the video of this home run late in the game. He came in as a pinch hitter, and it was a moonshot to deep right field. That was great to see. Uh, he wasn't done on the weekend. Uh, all in all, White Sox with five runs, seven hits, four extra base hits, uh, drew six walks, struck out 11 times, and were 0 for 3 with runners in scoring position against the Padres uh, on Saturday. This was Colossus, what, uh, what he had to say about that home run. As soon as I hit it, I knew it was gone. Uh, Colossus said the home run felt different than his previous nine singles and one double. Uh, yeah, of course, way different. It feels like, wow, I did it. Uh, I'll say it over and over again, there's development going on in the big leagues. Manager Pedro Grafol said, if this industry or any of us think that that's not the case, we are doing ourselves a disservice because in reality, we are all developing. These kids get up here quick, so we have to continue to develop them. Wow, that is refreshing stuff to hear uh, from Pedro Grafol. Uh, more from Oscar Colas. As I said before, I was just trying to feel comfortable in the batter's box, trying to get into my rhythm. I wasn't looking for homers before. It just happened this time. But I'm feeling very comfortable in the batter's box right now. Uh, after Saturday's game, Colas, 11 hits, a 407 batting average, one home run, two RBIs, only one strikeout, slugging 556 in 13 games. Wow. Uh, Pedro Grafol has said he's been pleased uh, with the starting pitching, and that was before Michael Kopech had a perfect spring debut. Uh, more on that uh, in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. Uh, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. Uh, you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. Uh, that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Uh, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Uh, terms and conditions apply. So Pedro Grafol uh, liking 
uh, the starting pitching staff so far. There was a little blurb in the Chicago Tribune on Sunday uh, from Lamont Pope. Uh, rookie manager likes how his rotation stacks up. Uh, history says if you have a good starting rotation, good things should happen, Grafol said. Uh, we have a good starting rotation, so it's obviously a strength of this ball club. A uh, group includes Dylan Cease, Lucas Giolito, uh, Lance Lynn, Michael Kopech, and Mike Clevenger. No word if that was the exact order he's going with. Uh, but I feel all five guys are legitimate Major League starters uh, that can do a lot of good things and have done good things in the game, Grafal said. And they're more than capable of going deep in games. And being familiar, even though it's a big, big factor in the game, they've proven they can handle uh, familiarity over the years. Uh, before the game, Grafol said of Clevenger's spring work, uh, he's been there before. He's done it. He knows how to navigate 162 games. He knows how to navigate 30-plus starts. He's healthy. He feels good. He's strong. I'm curious to see over the course of the year, coming back from the Tommy John surgery a couple of years ago, how it plays out. Uh, but right now, he's as strong and as good as I've ever seen him. And I saw him in Cleveland. Uh, from 2016 to 2020. Uh, Sunday's game was on NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, maybe an opportunity to check it out or at least recorded it, watched it later. Uh, Sox tied the Los Angeles Angels one-to-one. Uh, Los Angeles Angels weren't throwing out their A-team uh, at all. Of course, Otani and Trout not available, no Rendon. Uh, a different type of Angels lineup than what the Sox saw earlier in the spring Lots of Angels players uh, without a name on the back of their jersey. However, Michael Kopech took the mound. And honestly, even if uh, those heavy hitters were in the lineup, Kopech, I think, still would have uh, made good work uh, of his time. Again, his first spring outing, uh, no, what, something I just noticed physically from Michael Kopech, he's got the shorter haircut of, of sure, but his legs. His legs, he looked like he put some muscle mass on his legs. Uh, he is bringing some power from those legs. They look very different uh, than in previous uh, years. So first inning, only uh, 10 pitches to get two outs. Got an easy ground ball to Elvis Andrews, a nice strikeout. Pop out to the catcher for the third out. Some nice communication there. Nobody running into each other. So easy inning. Kopech attacked the zone. Really looked like he was... Uh, just very comfortable and in command. You know, sometimes we've seen Kopech in early games and the ball will sail on him. He's got a little bit of the jitters, some anxiety, maybe anxious. Saw none of that on Sunday. In the second inning, uh, let the hitter uh, get off to a three-and-one count on him and then was able to induce a ground out. Uh, Kopech, again, going right at hitters, got got a third out on, on a jammed fastball that was popped up in the infield to Elvis Andrews. Uh, Angels weren't really hitting uh, Kopech hard at all. It just He was attacking the zone, which was great to see. Uh, top of the third, Kopech's last inning, uh, 23 pitches entering that inning, which was great. Uh, he had a full count, but then induced a fly out, uh, two quick outs. Uh, when he missed on the corners up and down, he really didn't miss by much, and, and he got a ground ball for a third out. Uh, he was working quick, of course, as all pitchers are now. Uh, but I think, you know, he made some comments about how working quick might benefit him as well. There was a controlled adrenaline, you know, for his first start of the spring. This is going to be a big year for him. 
seemed like he was able to kind of just keep things, you know, calm and cool. Uh, and we've talked about over the offseason with Kopech, his interest and desire to become a pitcher, not a thrower. He just doesn't want to be known from some kid that can throw 97, 98 miles per hour. He wants to become more of a pitcher. Started to see that uh, on Sunday in a small sample size. Kopech, uh, 37 pitches. He went three innings, zero hits, zero runs, zero walks, and one strikeout. Uh, and, and just an awesome performance. It was great to see. I've got high hopes uh, for Michael Kopech this year. It could be a real X factor in that rotation. Uh, top of the fourth, Sox went with Jimmy Lambert. Uh, quick out, uh, then issued a walk. A first base runner for the Angels there in the fourth inning. Uh, Jake Lamb uh, ripped a single for the first hit. And Stone and Benetti talking about how that hit probably would have been gobbled up if there wasn't a shift rule. Uh, Lambert got a strikeout to end the inning. Uh, he was up in the zone, but tightened things up uh, after each at bat. Uh, in the fifth, you had Avilia. He was your rule five guy. Again, uh, Rick Hahn talked about, look, he wasn't going to take somebody in the rule five draft. He didn't think they were going to have to, you know, make the team or have an impact in 2023. Uh, I, you know, Avilia, uh, pretty good. Uh, there was some action for the Angels, though, on the base paths. Another, there was a pickoff attempt at second base. No damage done. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Uh, top of the six, Gregory Santos came in. Uh, and again, is he one of the guys maybe that they carry in that eight-pitcher bullpen? I'm assuming it's going to be about eight. Uh, you know, we'll see. He came over from the Giants back in December. Uh, San Santos had some, he had some lively stuff. It almost looked like he had a screwball work and that broke into a righty's hands. And in the seventh, Middleton came in the game. Another blown pickoff attempt to second. It's definitely got to be something to work on. And, you know, I'm wondering, you know, and this isn't the first spring training game that I've seen these pickoff moves uh, to second. And it's an absolute timing play between a pitcher and usually, well, it's middle infield. So it's second base or it's shortstop, depending on what hitter is up, a lefty or a righty. And the catcher communicates as well. And I remember doing it. You know, when I was in high school and in college, there would be a sign between the second baseman or shortstop and the pitcher. The infielders usually gave the sign. The pitcher uh, would respond with a sign that he he knows what's going on. And the catcher who was in on all of it usually would just drop his glove to let the pitcher know when they should spin around to make that throw. It's all about timing. And the Sox, just, it, it, what, they were trying it. Uh, and I think one of the reasons why you're going to see more pickoffs at second is because there is a, a greater temptation to take off and steal for third, you know, with these larger bases. And with a righty up at bat, uh, I could see some of these speedsters trying to get greedy. Uh, so working on the pickoff move, yeah, the Sox have to fine tune that. Sox used seven pitchers, gave up six hits on Sunday, uh, one run, two walks. Uh, eight strikeouts, not much going on in terms of offense at all for the White Sox after the first inning because in the bottom of the first, Oscar Colas goes deep again, second home run in as many days. Mercy, uh, it's right field is his to lose right now. I mean, he is just, uh, you, this is the type of situation where you almost want the season to start right now because he is feeling it. Uh, offensively. Uh, bottom of the second, Remillard with a hustle double, which was good to see. Ball hit to short right field. A uh, second baseman couldn't make the play, and Remillard 
uh, hustling all the way, got to second. Again, taking extra bases when you can. Are you going to see him at 35th and Shields? Probably not. But but other players, you know, in the dugout, Pedro Grafol might take note using an example like, hey, you never know what's going to happen out there in the outfield. You know, it, look at your third base coach, listen to your first base coach, and have that horse sense of as a baseball player, you know, go, go, go. Uh, Lurie Garcia with a walk, two on, only one out for Sebi Zavala. Now, Remillard picked off. That was a timing play. Uh, again, more temptations to steal second base. Uh, all teams seem to be working on it. Uh, he was caught sleeping. Bottom of the fifth, uh, Zavala walked. Hazley with a sharp single. Uh, two outs, two on for Andres. He drew a walk. So Oscar Colas comes up with bases loaded. And Steve Stone was making some comments about, you know, what to look for with a struggling pitcher on the mound. Colas flew out to left field. Uh, he did not swing at a strike. And I'm wondering with Colas if he was just a little amped up. Bases loaded. He could come up with a big hit, maybe a little too aggressive. That could be an example where he goes back in Tosar, Grafol. Uh, Castro, they they work with him and just like, hey, this pitcher has got some shaky stuff. He just walked somebody. Be patient, you know. Let him come to you. Uh, so that was something that uh, I think Colas can build on. Uh, Sox offense, one run, four hits, three extra base hits. Sox were zero for two with runners in scoring position on Sunday. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday combined, uh, Sox with runners in scoring position, 0 for 11. Situational hitting, absolutely uh, need to get better. Uh, hey, I'm going to share some thoughts uh, on the last Comiskey Part 2. I was able to watch that uh, this past weekend, and I might watch it again. It was outstanding. Uh, and what are the benefits of working with your friends? Uh, more on that uh, in a moment. Hey, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Uh, the Built Bar Madness Bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now it's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'm going to be uh, voting for that double chocolate puff, so go out and support your favorite Built Bar or puff. Uh, when you vote for your favorite bar or puff you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built uh, not only that but one locked on fan will win a 12 month subscription to built uh, you have to uh, try built's best par bars or puffs uh, they are delivered monthly straight to your door uh, if you have not already, you got to try Built. Uh, Built, the best protein bar uh, ever. Uh, they are so amazing. Uh, you won't think they're good for you. What makes Built Bars and Puffs so good? Uh, they are high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, that's right, real chocolate. Run to Built. Uh, MarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up, pick up a box while you're there. Uh, you can vote every day in March, so hop on and support your pick. Did you get a chance to watch uh, Last Comiskey Part 2? Maybe you're still catching up uh, and watching Part 1, but Part 2 was uh, just as good as Part as part 1. Uh, a great follow-up. Really appreciated the Carlton Fisk segment. He was one of my favorites growing up as I was a, a catcher in Little League early on. Uh, Pudge, uh, the, the whole stuff about young, these young pitchers being intimidated to throw uh, to Carlton Fisk just because, of course, who he was and the resume that he had and uh, just the importance of trusting your catcher. And they quickly realized, 
I didn't understand his method, but he's got a method to his madness. Uh, and there was also a focus on Ron Karkovice, which I appreciated as well. Officer Karkovice and, and his powerful arm that he had and how comfortable uh, the defense and the pitchers were knowing that he was behind the plate. Uh, Dan Evans, the stuff that he was talking about, uh, the importance of chemistry, which makes me think about this team here and, and, and what they're trying to build and and how the chemistry, that team they had in 1983, and and they they added time, Tom Seaver and they thought, wow, we're going to go right back to the playoffs in 1984, and they didn't even win 80 games. And what was the difference? And Dan Evans, you know, talking about, that absolute need for, for team chemistry. Uh, you watch any of the world baseball classic, uh, some fun stuff going on. Uh, what a, what an exciting atmosphere. These games are, uh, Luis Robert and Yohan Mankata checking in on them for team Cuba, Robert five for 19 with a double and three RBIs, uh, in those games. And then Yohan Mankata six for 17 with a home run, and five RBIs. Things have gotten a little bit better for Robert and Moncada as that tournament has gone on. Uh, really a great article, I thought, uh, on whitesocks.com about coaches' preparation. Merkin had it. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, we're talking about Pedro Grafol surrounding himself uh, with his coaching staff and what they've been working on, how are they preparing? It's a must read. Uh, this was from Mike Tosar. Uh, we try to be a day ahead, do a travel list, game lineups, fundamentals, all sorts of stuff. Uh, it's not about results right now. It's about the process we are doing right now and putting things together. The results will be there if we continue the focus of just heading in the right direction, heading north with our fundamentals and stuff like that having the correct process, the results will be there in the end. I think that's a refreshing take. Focus on the process. Uh, there's something to working with friends and just having a friendship while you work. And then there's another thing to holding each other accountable and being able to tell each other whatever it is, Pedro Grafol said. Yes, we are friends. And we've been together for a long time in different places. Uh, this is our work. And we hold each other accountable. I've had one of them come in here and shut the door and tell me, hey, clean it up uh, about certain things. That's the kind of relationship we have. We are here to work and here to do things right. And when we are not, there's nothing that's going to hold us back from saying clean it up for sure. And I got to say, there is a sense of honesty when you work with, with friends, uh, you know, sometimes you can just be absolutely butting heads and at each other's throats, but you can be real with them. You know, you've been through some stuff uh, with these people, you know, and you feel maybe a little bit more comfortable to just say something very straight with a friend that, you know, Hey, we can, we can be open with each other, you know, because we have got a foundation. We've got a, we've got a friendship. We'll come back and we know, you know, the bigger picture here of what we're working on. Uh, but maybe, you know, if you're not working with somebody you're terribly close with, you might not open up. You might be afraid that I'm going to ruffle some feathers if I tell somebody they're running things a different way or I didn't really like what I saw uh, out in practice today. I, I think there's a benefit, a, a real benefit uh, to Pedro Grafol surrounding himself uh, with people that he's comfortable with. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be in lockstep all the time. 
Okay. But I think that relationship of being comfortable with one another uh, is going to be a major benefit. Folks, thank you so very much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcast. Uh, we are on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore uh, GGTV. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and get those questions in for the mailbag episode, LockedOnSox at gmail.com. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen. For your second listen, check out Lockdown Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Uh, find Lockdown Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, uh, your team every day. On the next episode, very excited for this, uh, an original Lockdown White Sox host, Herb Lawrence from CHGO, joins me to talk all things White Sox and maybe a little 108 tournament chatter uh, as well. Hey, really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox.